how the devil are you all? Hello. Right. We wanted to do a little like recap of last week's show um, regarding just a, a point someone brought up to us. So it's Paul uh, Cairns brought it up. And it, he was talking about uh, living in Manchester in the Salford area. And when when he was being brought up, he was talking about the story, this folklore story that was around there, why you shouldn't go near the water's edge. And obviously we did the Boston Canal. We did, yeah. Brought Manchester, and he, he just pointed out that you know this was a story well known to the kids in the area. Uh, you know why you shouldn't go there because there was this um, folklorish figure. Uh, I think there's a, I think there's a kind of a folklore figure in all kinds of places, isn't there? I mean, mm. Dan Aaron's called the Devil's Dyke. You know, I know seen you don't go down Devil's Dyke, the devil will get you. That's it. Yeah. So some you know so most places got some kind of water you know, hack, river hack, yeah, yeah, that yeah, kind of thing, some sort of spiritual thing. Well. The one he he brought up to me was the uh, Ginny Green, okay, but she's got many names all around the area. You know, she's she's known as Jenny Green Teeth, Jenny yeah. Green, yeah. Uh, right, you know, all these different names. But it's essentially the same character. It even pops up in Russia. Obviously, we've talked about the Kappa before in Japan. Uh, pops up even in Jamaica. Yeah, it's you know it's all over the world. I mean, but... I said last week, didn't I? I I just felt it was some kind of subterranean creature. You know that it hangs around there, but I don't think it's by itself. I think there's something that's taken the victims to it. Possibly. Well, you she know, was known. Accounts, well, there's no accounts of creatures being out or seen. You know, well, that, and, yeah, you know, so, so if it gets you, you, you're done for. Yeah. Yeah. So but yeah, it's got assistance somewhere, hasn't it? The folklore story behind it is that she would pull children or elderly people into the water to drown them. Okay, but they also use the name. Jenny Greenteeth to describe the pondweed or duckweed, which obviously forms that continuous That's layer it. of yeah. um, weed on top of water, which actually makes it look like grass. Mm. So you've got to be careful that you, you know, little kids, and obviously this is probably why the story was invented, is to stop kids from walking on that, thinking it's grass, yeah. and then drowning. So that was, you know, obviously to keep away from that. But the description of her is uh, interesting, to say the least, because it's uh, green-skinned, with long hair, sharp teeth. Yeah. Yeah. So you're looking at like you know, some sort of lizardy type witch. Yeah. Well. Yeah, well and again, it goes on. To, it goes sign, on. Don't sign much of a hag to me. But. Yeah. Well, it goes on to say that you know she's mm. she's called uh, Ginny Green Teeth in Lancashire, but in Cheshire and Shropshire she's known as Ginny Green Teeth, Jenny Green Teeth, or Wicked Jenny, or Peg O'Neill. So that's that. But I suppose I've got a little poem. Yeah, I'll let you uh, chat it out then. Yeah. And I haven't rehearsed this, so it'll probably go tits. <laughs> well, yeah. Right but, now, um, so yeah, this is a poem by a, a fellow called Matt Goodfellow. And he writes the poem, Grinny Green Teeth. Okay. We should have a swig of the old room before I start. Yeah, yeah. All right. On your eyes. On my eyes. Yeah. It goes Grinny Green Teeth is hiding in the water. Grinny Green Teeth is the devil's own daughter. Out among the shallows of the boggy Cheshire Plains, underneath the duckweed, duckweed yeah, the demon is lying, waiting for a wanderer to step too close, and then they pull it into the underworld where they're never seen again. again. Yeah. Grinny Green Teeth is hiding in the water. Grinny Green Teeth, the devil's own daughter. Children of the villagers are warned to never play. Anywhere the marshy ground or swampy waterway. Where the moonlight and the snarl log 
bog is shining clear and cold, the water wenches prowling on the hunt for careless souls. Grinny green teeth hiding in the water. Grinny green teeth, the devil's own daughter. So there you go. So yeah. that should really keep you away from the old water's edge, shouldn't it? Yeah. Um, I think my take on that really is that I mean, bless them, the, the people who don't come back or find in the water and the dead and this lot, it's... Uh, According to the um, autopsies and that, there's there's no mark on them. Mm. So the the thing must be here. Well, that was is, part of the story as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, so if there's a creature there who would bring them down, what's the point? Yeah, the story said the same thing. The story said that, you know, these people would um, they took, yeah, I mean, be they, pulled down and there'd be no mark on them. Yeah, there's so no mark on them. There's, there's that's no how you'd know it was there. There's no parts of the body missing. There's no, just, so is it some kind of creature that feeds on your energy? Don't some know. kind of psychic vampire indeed possible but the stories itself was you know and a lot of people um have met have, have said that they, we played the uh tape record didn't we of the guy who did his last minutes on his phone his mm. mobile phone and cave, some people yeah. thought a bit freakish that really yeah. freaky well that noise is, is is alarming yeah it was yeah but um that's the recap then yes People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Hello, and uh, how the devil are you all? Yes, re- please remember to subscribe. Uh, if you haven't done that already, stop this recording, pause, <laughs> and go subscribe, because that really does help us. And it does, it is immensely. Very, very much appreciated. Okay, so I just wanted uh, to do the quick review uh, thank yous for now, and that was to um, Halden365Flicks. Uh, you know, that was the UK review. Yeah, uh, very good review. So thank you very much for that, taking the time to do that for us. Like I say, reviews do help us. So if you haven't Absolutely done one already, really good. Yeah, when you got five minutes, please. You know, you know, if you go to the bog, you know, you're you're just, off for a poo. Yeah, and you ain't got nothing to do. If you go for a poo, just give us a review. Yeah, that should be I should be a poet, me. You know, should be a poet. So if you're off for a poo and you've got nothing to do, give us a review. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, anyway, I don't know. how We got into that. But, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll move can, along. We'll move along, mate. Yeah, and also we must say a huge, huge, huge thank you to Tyler for the intro. Thank you so much, Tyler. Really, you know, yep, that, fantastic. So obviously that's uh, Tyler Bellow we had on the listeners episode. Yeah, he, he was uh, the Marine in Iraq. Yeah, um, he obviously did the 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 new intro, which you'll be hearing. Is uh, he's voiced that up for us and uh, done a fan- superb job. Yeah, thank you so much, Tyler. So thank, thank you very you. much for that. Yes, thank you. Uh, and again, you know, like I said before, but he has got his own podcast, which is. Uh, West Side Fairy Tales. So yeah. if you if go you, check it out. If you you know, if you're listening to this podcast which you are, if you like narrated stories, check him out. Tyler's you know, your man. You could do worse, so Yeah. Okay, so before we get into today's show, we are running a competition. Well it's two competitions actually. Ba, 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 ba. So we've got the uh competition for the Patreon supporters. They yep. they will get a T shirt, a random draw between them. Uh and what we'll do, we'll say we're gonna do that draw on the 10th of February. So if you sign up before Patreon 
before the 10th of February, you got a chance of being yep. in the draw. And the t-shirts are fantastic. And then we're just running a competition for everybody. Uh, and that will be a t-shirt of your choice and possibly some stickers that we're just in the middle of getting some stickers sorted. So yep. we'll, we'll probably send them out as well. So to enter the competition, all you have to do is answer this simple question. I'm going to say simple, but it isn't really. Yeah. Uh, the simple question... Uh, and email us the answer. And the question is... What do pirates call chicken eggs? Okay, that question again is... What do pirates call eggs? But what does pirates call eggs? Eggs. So, As in omelette eggs. Yes. So if you can find the answer to that and get it to us at dbtopodcast at gmail.com. That is dbtopodcast at gmail.com. Obviously, uh, you can send your stories there as well. If you've got any paranormal stories for us, that's where you send them. Or you can join us on Facebook, but we need the competition answers. Uh, either direct message on Facebook, that's fine, or email. That's any, yep. that's any place we can say. And we'll do the draw sort of. We'll, the draw ends on the 19th of February. Yeah, okay. the 19th then. Yeah, and then we'll do the draw on the 20th. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll notify the winner. So if you just email us the answer. And your name, that's all we need for now. Obviously, the winner will need the address, but that comes later. Uh, so that's the competition. So and, uh, good luck with that. Good luck to everybody you know, who enters, and uh, you know, you'll have a fantastic T-shirt waiting for you. Good luck to you all. Right, today then, we are doing stories of these like real creepy stories of people finding people living inside their house. Yeah, it's not like people in the attic, it's actually people where it's... We're sleeping everywhere. We're yeah, this is not like you know people. Strange. You know, hearing a bump in the night coming down as a burglar. This is this is people find out people are actually living yeah. within their house, which is creepy shit. Yeah, right, some it? people think they've been haunted by ghosts and that, don't they? And they bring all the stuff in and they find yeah. somebody's been living there for months. You know, so yeah, this is a, a it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? it is. You know, and I've got uh, another nun joke for you later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, well do you want to? You're going to put, yeah, so I'll do like, that later. Yeah, so okay, do you we'll, want to start with we'll, the first story? Yeah, we'll, we'll, do the, we'll do your second non-joke uh, later on then, Lee. I'll speed up on this one. Then. Okay. By September 1941, Theodore Edward Conies had fallen on hard times, so we, he went to visit his old friend Philip Peters, whom he hadn't seen in many years. When Coney got to the house in Denver, Colorado, he found it empty and unlocked. Peters was out to see his wife, who had broken her hip in the hospital. So Conies let himself into the house. Inside, he found a small door that led to a tiny attic room. Conies, who was rather a small man, managed to get into the room and decided it was better than living on the streets for the winter. He lived there for, for a few weeks. Whenever Peters left the house, Conies slipped out of his hiding spot, helped himself to some food and used the bathroom. This lasted until October the 17th. On that day, Coney slipped out of his attic room and started cooking. But Peters hadn't gone out. He oh. was, yeah. He was actually napping and was startled by Coney's, who, whom he didn't recognise. Coney's attacked Peters and pistol whipped the 73-year-old man to death. Instead of fleeing, Coney's went back to, into his hiding spot. Police were called after friends discovered the body, but the police were incredibly puzzled by the crime scene. All the doors and windows were locked, so they were unsure how the killer got in and left the house. A short time later, Peter's wife returned to the home and hired a series of housekeepers. 
However, they kept leaving because they were sure the house was haunted, so the woman ended up moving in with her son. Coney's, on the other hand, stayed right where he was. When people passed the house, they'd see lights or strange sounds. The police investigated but could never find anyone in the house, so people assumed the house was haunted. Eventually, the police started doing surveillance on the house. On July the 30th, 1942, 11 months after moving in, the police finally saw Coney's move a curtain exposing his face. They raided the house and caught Coney's climbing up in his attic room. They had always assumed the door was too small for anyone to fit through. Coney's was arrested and convicted of murdering Peters. He died on May the 16th, 1967, in a prison hospital. Why did you start with something like that? Well, obviously, you know, he was uh, maybe a bit of a down and out and wanted to a, a room maybe for the night, but thought, hey, you know. I'm staying, it's nice and warm, I'm not going to stay out in the streets, but uh, yeah, he champs it, doesn't he? Absolutely. Well, this is um, this is another one uh, of the same ilk, if you like. This is the story of John M. Dubis. And it starts like this. It shouldn't surprise anyone reading this that the celebrities can have problems with stalkers. One person stalking singer and actress Jennifer Lopez was a man named John M. Dubis. Lopez already had an order of protection against the 49-year-old man because he had a habit of stalking her. But that didn't stop Dubis from breaking into the pool house of Lopez's £10 million mansion in Southampton, New York. On August 8, 2013, workers in the house discovered Dubis on the property and called the police. It turned out that Dubis had been living in the pool house for an entire week before anyone noticed. Despite there being a security at the house, Dubis even posted Facebook pictures he had taken from all around the property. Lopez was not at home while Dubis had taken up residence in the pool house. Dubis was arrested and charged with burglary, criminal content and stalking. Mm. It's a good job she won. Yeah, because um, you know, you've heard about these stalkers, don't you? Yeah. How dangerous they can be. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I've got the one. But, I mean, she didn't really find him in her house, so that's not really... Well, it's a pool yeah. house, wasn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, I think she had enough rooms in there, didn't she? Yeah, really, you know? probably living in another house anyway, so sure. Yeah, most likely. Uh, in Kunshan, China, a man with the surname Wang started noticing that things in his home, like money and food, were going missing in March 2014. However, Wang couldn't figure out who was doing it because he always locked the doors and windows when leaving his apartment. <laughs> He became especially diligent at locking up after the things started to go missing. Finally, on May 29th, 2014, Wang called the police when he returned home to find himself locked out of his apartment. The police searched the apartment and found a hole in the kitchen ceiling that led to the attic of the three-story apartment building where Wang resided. Inside the attic, they found a homeless man named Zeng who managed to get into the attic from outside the building. He had been sneaking in both Wang's and a neighbouring apartment to steal money and cook for himself. In total, he'd stolen about 2,000 yen. That works out about 320 notes. $320, yeah. Yeah, $320. See, this could, this could happen to... Anybody, really. Well, it could happen. People think, oh, my house is haunted, but someone's in your attic. Well, it could definitely happen to me because um, this particular row of uh, houses, terraced houses here, the attic's 
um, not all of them because people have like bricked them off to use their attics now. Because yeah. obviously in the old, you know years ago you didn't you didn't really live in your attic, but now people use it as a spare room. But these they used to like be a fire escape basically. So if you if you had a fire in your house, you went up 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 into the attic, and then you could run along into next door's house, come down their attic, and get out through their house. Yes. Okay. So if you like, the whole block here is the attics are connected. Yeah. And um, you know, people steal electricity from each other and all sorts of shit over yeah, there. You know. Yeah. So, but like I say, most people now have bricked theirs off. Yeah. So well, can, some people have locked theirs as well, padlocking yeah, them. So you can't so travel you through. Can't do but, it. Yeah. But you know, it is worrying, I suppose. Yeah. So this is the story of Miguel Lua. In December 2010, an unidentified woman in Modesto, California, was getting worried. There was a strange thing going on in her house, and she was sure that she had some, it had something to do with her ex-boyfriend, 27-year-old Miguel Lua. She was very suspicious and believed that Lua may have broken into her house. One night, the woman plugged in her cell phone to charge it overnight. When she went to retrieve it, the phone was missing. She called the police and they searched the house. How did she call the police? Now, that's a good question. Yeah. But anyway, she obviously yeah. found the phone at some point or went next door. Well, she might have a uh, home phone. Yeah. Landline. Possibly. But why would he take that though? Because it's not as if she's not going to notice, is it? Well, you, might, you might want to make a phone call or... Anyway... In the attic, they found Lua hiding under some insulation. That must have been prickly. Yeah. Especially if it's fiberglass. Yeah. Fuck that bastard. Bit warm as well. Yeah, it appeared that he'd been living there for some time, spying on his ex girlfriend. Ah, that's why he took the phone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lua had taken the cell phone to see if she was calling other guys. All right. Lua was arrested and turned out that he wasn't the first time he'd entered his ex-girlfriend's house without permission. In July 2010, he was arrested for a similar crime and that the ex had two restraining orders against him. Them restraining orders are just bullshit, aren't they? Yeah. But, um, you know, you've done this before. How did he get in again? You know, you've got to be a bit more... Obviously, if if he's if he's been there before with her before they broke up, he knew the house, so he maybe knew where to get mm, in. And, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe. Possible. So bear that in mind. If you're splitting up with anybody, yeah. change the locks, lock your attic, lock yeah. your fucking basement, lock yeah. everything. I mean, I've I've read stories. When I was looking at this, I mean, I read a story about this guy who um, he had a you know it was in the UK, mm. and he had a vegetable plot in his garden, you no know, carrots and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, and. His food was going missing from his garden, his carrots and his potatoes and that. You know, not just like, not all of them at one go, just one every day or whatever. And he thought, and he, he, this guy was a grower for like um, competition, you know, right. like yeah, you know, yeah. where people, yeah, we do that in the UK, we show off our vegetables. Uh, and that sounds like a euphemism, doesn't it? Yeah. But um, no, we actually do, we show off our vegetables and you win prizes from and shit. Anyway, so this guy was a bit perturbed that these vegetables keep going missing. And he set up a surveillance camera on his on his garden. And he actually caught this guy. He saw his shed door open. This guy walk out, pluck a fucking spud, go back in the shed. Anyway, he obviously went out. He rung the police. They turned up and they both went to the shed. And there was a homeless guy living in his shed. Ah, right. Yeah. And he'd been stealing you know, from the local you know, the neighbours and all the rest of it. But yeah, he was actually eating. He's, that's how he caught him. Like, so he's eating prized marrow. Wow. Um, so there you go. Oh, well, that's a nice one. I, 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 the guy had nowhere else to go, so... 
bit of homegrown vegetables. I kept him nice and warm. Kept him going. Kept him going. Mate. Yeah. You wouldn't live in a shed, though, would you? No. Freezing. Anyway. Mm. Right. Now I like this one because it's that it sounds like a ghost story, doesn't it? Yeah. When you when this you way start... people say, Oh, it's a ghost of my house, you know, you've got to really you know, kind of check it out first, yeah. make sure it's not, you know, a spirit of the hump. Especially if it's a ghost that's taking food. Yeah, which one? There's the normally a, there's normally a clue there, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. Uh this was in September 2000, uh, two thousand thousand thirteen in an off campus near Ohio State University was a busy place with lots of people coming and going. This is why, at first, the nine students living there did not think anything too unusual was going on when the cupboards were left open or the microwave door wasn't closed. But again, you know, there is nine of them. Yeah. So it's like, it's not like you're on your own. Yeah. You know, when so, I mean, one might, you know, one yeah. might have done yeah. it and you, left you, it. So, you, you know. you'd be thinking, oh, yeah. he'd done it or whatever, so yeah. Yeah. So, and however, yeah, this kept happening. The students started to investigate, and it made them wonder what was behind the locked door in the basement. Um, before the strange happenings, the residents believed that it was a door to a utility closet. Mm. So some of the residents got a, mainten- um, a maintenance team from the property company to break down the door. When they did, they found a fully finished room with textbooks, framed pictures, and even a sink and a toilet while well, he was... He was like, uh, you yeah, know, he was full, fully self-sufficient. Absolutely. Uh, that night, that night, they changed the locks on the house. The squatter, who was a student, identified identified himself only as Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Um, he got ho- got a hold of the people living in the house and asked if he could collect his stuff, which they allowed him to do. One of the residents had previously seen Jeremy, but thought he was just someone's friend. Jeremy had gotten the key from his cousin, who lived in a house the summer before. So obviously. No, I'll still go. That'll do me. I'll stay there. That's it, yeah. I mean, it's got... Yeah, imagine... I mean, how you don't get seen by nine people creeping in and out and, and all the rest of it, but... Anyway, in Yelm, which I've never heard of... No, I don't know. Washington, 73-year-old Valma Kel- Kellen... Kellen, yep. ...wasn't sure what to make of the strange things happening around her house... She would find her back gate open, and that's not a euphemism. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> e- yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. Even though she knew she she was sure that she'd closed it. She also picked up an odd smell. Well, she was 73 years old. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, so she probably thought she was going a bit fucking senile. Fusty. Like, yeah, Fusty. yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, which shows so this odd smell she described as being similar to cigarette smoke, but weirder. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, when it got to be wintertime, Kellen noticed she was having problems heating her house. So she called the repairman to come and look at air ventilation. When he inspected the underside of the house, the repairman discovered that someone had been squatting in the crawl space and had cut the vent to heat it. Fucking hell. In the crawl space, he had discovered alcohol bottles. Amazingly, none of Kellner's three dogs had barked or detected anyone below the house. It is unclear how long the person or persons were squatting there, mm. but it is believed that they were doing it for up to a year. Amazing. So that was the smell, because he, yeah. you know, there probably was shitting down there, pissing down oh, there, discarding that, yeah, bottles. And yeah, all. that's where the smell was coming from, though, wasn't it? No, I don't think you're going to get rid of that smell. Right, this is one of my favourites. Right, this is... Uh, this right. is fucked up. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff, this. Carlo Castellanos Fiera first met Michelle Fredenberg, Onion, 
At the hospital? Yeah, what a name. Michelle Onion. All right, yeah. Uh, in Washington, D.C., where they both worked, uh, uh, Ferrer was a valet, while Fredenberg Onion, I'll just say Fredenberg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, Uncle Michelle, yeah. Yeah, she's going to end up breaking up, mate. Uh, was a director of a uh, phys- uh, physical therapy. After meeting Fredenberg, the 32-year-old valet became obsessed and started stalking her. Mm. At some point, she left her keys unattended and Ferrer swiped them. Never he, leave your keys or your drink yeah. unattended. Correct. This is good public information. Yeah. He made copies and then returned the keys without her noticing. Oh. One day, Ferrer entered Friedenberg's home and set up a camera on a desk in her bedroom. Hey. Right. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then whenever he would hear Friedenberg and their boyfriend come into the apartment, Ferrer would hide under the bed. He managed to do this for two days before the boyfriend finally caught him under the bed. Mm. Uh, get this one, mate. Uh, Ferrer had condoms, latex gloves, a change of clothes, and a power cord. What's he going to do? It was going to kill her, though. Yeah. Here's Strangler. one I made earlier. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's a bit weird, isn't it? The boyfriend pulls him out from under the bed and he's got fucking condoms in his pocket. Well, he? this guy's been under the bed for two days. I think he was asking questions of his, Mrs. Onion, wasn't he? <laughs> What if the springs was hanging out when he was having a bit of time? Like, yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, Pharaoh was arrested. When police searched his home, they found six framed pictures of Friedenberg, another stack of unframed pictures, and a video from her first wedding. Pharaoh had broken into the house of his victim's ex-husband to obtain the material. What? Yep. He was convicted and sentenced to 38 months in prison. Uh, This creepy story was, was made into a movie called Under the Bed, by one of the co-directors of the Blair Witch Project. Fuck it now. Yeah, so uh, before you go to bed at night, uh, I, bet, I, I think you should, you should uh, I mean, check on the bed. It can't be a very good movie if, it, um, if it's based on that. Well, made into a movie, uh, you know, it's under the bed, mm. obviously. So, I mean, yeah, so he had the power cord and all the rest, it's in cha- he had the gloves and all that, so he's obviously going to rape or murder her, probably. Possible. Yeah. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah, but in the day, it's a uh, guy who wants to get a life. We won't put on medication. In 2008, the Wilkies Barra, Pennsylvania, the Ferrance family, is that how you say it? Ferenc, yeah, the Ferrance, yeah. Ferrance family. It's got not started, on you this time, mate. Yeah, started to notice. Could get some people called Smith and shit for the. You know well, I mean? We should just change the names. Maybe butch- cut them out and Smith and Jones. Yeah, yeah, and, I will. You know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Smith family. <laughs> <laughs> I butchered his names otherwise. Yes. The Ferenc family started noticing strange sounds in the house during the days leading up to Christmas. Again, it's a public notice, but if you're trying to live in someone's house undetected, don't be fucking making noises when the people are living in the house, yeah. you know? Yep. Uh, that's rule one, isn't it? Yep. But I suppose if you need a piss or something, you know. Anyway, at first, Stacy Ferenc just assumed that one of the cats or one of her three children were making the noises. Well, she couldn't see all three children at once. It's like when two entered the room, one had to leave, you know what I mean? Anyway, on Christmas Day, a few things went missing, and at two separate times, first in the afternoon, then in the evening. Yep. It was as if someone had broken into her house twice and stolen some of their Christmas presents. Do you think it was a foul Christmas come back for some presents? Well, yeah, he just break into your house, doesn't he? Yeah, well, well. So the family notified the police. The following day, they found footprints in the closet of one of the bedrooms, which led to the, into the attic. 
They called the police again, and the police brought dogs with them. In the attic, they found 21-year-old Stanley Carter. He was wearing Stacy's sweatshirt and sneakers and her daughter's oh pants. Dear. <laughs> oh dear. Sicko. Oh dear. I'm, I'm getting a sicko story. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Carter yeah. had been staying with the residents of the other part of the duplex connected to the Ferris home, family's home. They had asked him to leave and discovered the, him missing on the 19th of December. Presumably, that's when he, the Carter entered the shared attic space. This is what I was talking about yeah. earlier. Shared attic space. In July 2009, he was convicted and sentenced for tw- to, to 23 months in jail. Ooh. But again, you know, if he's wearing air underwear and all the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> a bit embarrassing, wasn't it? You know? <laughs> yeah, what are you doing here? Uh, uh, I'm just keeping warm. Are they yours? Like, those items yours, sir? Uh, <laughs> yeah? Your nick, mate. Yeah, okay. 23 months isn't long enough, is it? No, no, I, I think he, mu- he must have gone to you know, psychiatric help. In 2008, a 57-year-old man living in Kasua, Japan, was convicted. Uh, sorry, was convinced that someone was repeatedly breaking into his home and stealing food. However, he didn't know how that was that it was possible. The man was sure that if he locked all the doors and windows when he left, yet someone kept stealing food. So the man set up a surveillance camera that could send images to his cell phone. One day while he was out, he saw that an intruder was lurking about in his home. A man called the police, who arrived only to find the home securely locked. Once inside, they looked around the home and found 58-year-old Tatsuko Hawika hiding in the closet. Yeah, okay. It turned out that the homeless woman had been living on top on the top shelf of the man's closet for about a year. Huraka uh, had sneaked down inside when the man left the house without locking the door. It is believed that the woman also squatted in other people's houses. She avoided detection by being incredibly neat and showing, showering regularly while the man was out. Well, at least, at least she kept herself clean. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, but I, she, she I mean, I have seen, there is footage of um, this something similar to this on YouTube, mm. isn't there? Where yeah. they actually see like this woman crawling out this little cupboard and then she like starts eating and stuff and watches a bit of telly and then crawls back into the cupboard. Because like, this guy, uh, people say it's fake, and you know, but actually when you start reading these stories, you're not, not 100% sure that it is fake, but um, he noticed food was going missing and all yeah. the rest of it. He heard noises and all you know, and again, they start off with the, is it, is it animals in the walls, all that kind of stuff. Last one then. Do you want to do it or do you want me to do it? You can do it. Okay. Let you do it, mate. Is this yeah. number one? This is yeah on their chart of what what was that? Oh, was lip verse, isn't it? Yeah, this verse. Yeah, this was number one on there. Tracy, who didn't want her last name to be revealed, was a single mother of five who lived in a house in Rock Hill, South Carolina. In septem- September 2012, she started to notice weird sounds coming from the attic. Again, rule number one. The no- their nails were popping out of the ceiling. Tracy, and I think that means like you know nails from the the, the boards that were in the in the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. You know, not, not like just not like, hair nails. Yeah, like yeah. random nails just popping out all yeah. over the place, like a poltergeist situation. Anyway, Tracy and her two sons went into the attic to investigate, but didn't find anything out of the norm. Her children thought she was just being delusional. 
but Tracy was sure there was something going on and felt really uneasy. One night when Tracy was working on her laptop in her bedroom, a little bit of plaster fell off onto her uh, from the movement in the attic. Another night at 2.30am, Tracy heard a loud noise and knew that someone or something was up there. Tracy got her nephew to look into the attic. There in the back corner was Tracy's ex-boyfriend whom she'd dated 12 years prior. It looked like her unnamed ex had been living in there for about two weeks. Just 90 days before that, he'd gotten out of prison, stealing Tracy's car. Oh, got out of prison for stealing her car. Mm. Yeah. In the attic, they found cups of feces and urine. Oh, dear, oh dear. Dear, dear. They also found a hole that he cut out so he could see if Trace could see Tracy in her bedroom. Ah, right. Okay. Oh, dear, oh dear. Oh, dear, dear. The ex-boyfriend Peeping fled. Peeping Tommer. Yep. The ex-boyfriend fled. No reports of him being caught could be found, so you might want to check your own attic before going to bed tonight. Yeah. Make sure, you know, when you look up, there's no peepholes. Mm. Yeah. And I told you a story, didn't I, about this? Uh, this happened in this area. There was a guy was renting this property and he mm. brought it and he was single and he was bringing these girls back to his house, you know, every Saturday night or whatever. And uh, this particular girl that he brought back was uh, a real randy bugger, shall we say. And she, want, goer. Yeah, she wanted to watch a bit of the porn. old porn. Yeah. Um, to get her going, so he said, "Well, where am I going to get?" This is back in the day where you had the um, VHS and all the rest. Oh, the Betamax. A lot of people won't even remember all that shit. I don't think people remember. But um, anyway, so he had to go to a a shop which we used to have kids in the old days called a video shop. Video shop. Uh, You know. So anyway, he goes down there and he he says to the guy, he says. have you got any of the, you know, have you got any of the special stuff like him? It's called Under the yeah, Table, isn't Yeah, it? Under the Table. But stuff, he didn't say, yeah. you know, and the guy saying, what would you mean, like uh, the new It film? He said, no, 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 the, under the counter. He says, oh, yeah, yeah, I've got some of that. He said, I've got some amateur stuff like it you can rent. It's cheap, 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 cheap and cheerful. Like. He said, yeah, that'll do, whatever. I've got to get back to where I am. So anyway, he grabs his, grabs his video, runs back to the house, puts it on. Anyway, they start watching it. And, uh, you know, it's just this couple. Uh, and then it moves on to the next couple, and is the girl that he's with, and you know they're doing things, and she stops, and she says, "What the hell's going on?" And he says, "What do you mean? What do you mean? What, I haven't done anything yet." And she says, uh, "No, what's going on on the telly?" And he looks back at the telly, and it's actually him with another lady, and she gets a bit suspicious. She says, "What? What are you doing? You, you know, what's all this? You're filming me?" And she tries chucking him off the bed. He says, "No, honestly, I don't know. Any, I don't know what's going on." Anyway, anyway, she. She um, eventually he calms her down. And he says, "Honestly, I don't know what I don't know what this is." And he's watching it and that. And from their perspective, they worked out that it was coming from the TV itself. The angle was filmed yeah. from the TV itself. So he gets this uh, next day. He gets a repair guy around to check the telly out, and he takes the, the front office. Te- now this is one of these big box tellys that we yeah, used. Yeah, the to old have. ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, the guy comes and he he removes the case off the telly and that. And inside there was this camcorder basically in there. Mm. Um, so this what had happened is the landlord of the premises had been actually like coming over. He had his own key and he'd been yeah. letting himself in and turning the camera on and that and basically watching, catching watching, catching people yeah. in the act. Yeah, yeah. Selling, um, of course, selling the porn and then selling it to the, the local best, shop. Yeah, yeah the local businessman. So uh, that's how he got caught. But there was another one where this woman was living on her own. She just moved into this, you know, flat. 
or this house, it was actually a house. She moved into this house. She'd only been living there a few weeks. And again, she thought the place was haunted because she'd come home and sit and food would be missing from the fridge, cupboards would be open, there'd even be dishes in the sink. You know, so she had, oh, yeah, you know, which is yeah. a bit suspicious. The, yeah. She even noticed things like the TV channel would be on the wrong channel. Um, certain products in the bathroom would be um, down, like a certain shampoos, Ooh. that kind of thing would be, you know, she'd just buy a new bottle and before she'd even had a chance to use it, some of it had gone. And she's thinking, what the hell's going on? And she lived in this place for a few weeks and, you know, she was, she was telling people about it and, and they were saying, you know, you must be mad, you know what I mean? She said, no, honestly, anyway, no one believed her. So this particular day, so she'd been there three or four weeks now, and she come, she got let off early. There's something happened at work, and she had to leave early. So she gets home, you know, she could get home at five o'clock, but instead of getting home at five o'clock, she gets home at one o'clock. She opens the front door and walks into the thing, and in directly down the hallway into the kitchen, she sees this man stood there in a pinny cooking cooking eggs and bacon on the on the cooker like, and she said, "Who the fuck are you?" And he said, "No, no, no, don't worry." Anyway, she tries to run out the door, and he stops her and that. And he says, no, don't, don't report me. I won't hear you. I won't hear you. And she says, what the fuck are you doing in my house? You know what I mean? And he says, oh, he says, um, he says, basically, he turned out to be the previous tenant. Didn't have anywhere else to go. Couldn't pay the rent. So landlord kicked him out. He kept his key mm. uh, and let himself back in. He'd been living in her attic for the four weeks that she'd been there. Uh, actually, he'd been living there the previous uh, tenant. that The other tenant that had been there had been there a few months. He'd actually been there that whole time. Anyway, cut long story short, she... the they got talking and all the rest of it, and eventually they actually got together and got married. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a good story. Talk it? about blind date. Yeah, in the attic. But that could have been that could have gone completely the way, you know what I mean? So I'm not well, suggest I'm not suggesting to any guys out there that <laughs> to to actually try this. No, <laughs> it's no. a technique. So I'm pretty, no. pretty sure it won't work. No, not really. But you never know. So yeah, so I don't know. Not really a conclusion to this, other than ah, but I'll say most of them are. You got a few sickos in there, you know, and you got a few people, homeless people, and some people maybe didn't mean any harm, you know. Obviously, there was in their house, but um, you know, people will do silly things at uh, at the last time, last ends, isn't it? Really, you know, so, they're desperate, really. Basically, uh, except for the first story where the guy, the, the old guy, got pistol whipped. And yeah, him. yeah. That's, maybe that's you know that's a uh, you know, the guy was convicted and sent to prison. That's fair enough, but, you know. So I guess the moral of the story is if you move into a new property... Make sure it's empty. Make sure you check it. Yeah. yeah. Make sure it's empty. Yeah, make sure you've got no peepholes, you know. And you, yeah. And but you, you, check you, you wear that in motels and places, don't you? Where the, you know, the, 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 the eyes, yeah, yeah. Scooby-Doo, where the eyes come on the picture. <laughs> yeah, how do you know, though, when you go in a hotel room for the night, you know, there's no cameras on you? Of course you know? there is. It must be. Well, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, especially not bo- the I'm not bothered version. anyway because I'll the... just get on with what I'm doing now. Well, yeah, but yeah, well, right. imagine, especially the honeymoon suite. That yeah. must be bugged. What you mean? Like what? Sound and or well, just both? Both. Oh, well. It's got to be on it. Well, if you go down in the morning and there's somebody smoking at you, then you, yeah, I think well, you're, pe- you're on, you're on yeah. people, camera. People do actually laugh at me quite a bit, so. Yeah. Maybe I'm just paranoid. People think I'm... uh, Anyway, there's no paranormal news this week, so should we finish on this uh, non-joke? Yeah, go on then. Well, uh, yeah, let's have this non-joke. Obviously, we had a non-joke on uh, Borley, didn't we? Yeah. uh, And uh, I think it went down well, even though... um, Who was it? it? Jennifer. Jennifer. She said I didn't laugh. Well... uh, He wanted to laugh. I wanted to laugh, but I didn't find it... It was funny, but... 
not enough to make me laugh. You just didn't want to laugh because I told it. Yeah, okay. Now we, you go ahead and lean and tell yeah. your joke. <clears throat> All right. We'll see if it's funnier than the last one. So, so there's a bus driving along. It's finished its shift. Nobody, nobody else on board. Okay. So the driver's driving along, and he looks in his mirror, rearview mirror, and he sees his head at the back back of his bus, and he thinks, "Who's that? You know, I've gone past the last stop." So he pulls the bus over and he walks to the back, and it's a nun sitting there in the back seat. And he says, "He says, uh, he wakes her up. She's asleep. So he wakes her up. He says, uh, you 'You've missed your stop.'" And she says, um, "Well, where am I?" And he tells her where they are, like, and it's three stops past where she's been. He says, "My shift's over. You know, there shouldn't be anybody left in the bus." And she says, "Oh, could you do me a favour and run me back to it?" He says, "But I'm going to be late home." He says, "Okay, I'll do it then." He says, "If you do me a favour." So she says, what's that, my dear, my child like? He says, he says, well, I've really got this fantasy about shagging a nun. Right, okay. Uh, and I know it'd be dirty. Yeah, well, I know it. Yeah, I'm not well, dirty. It's all right. Yeah, okay. Go on, then. Got this fantasy about shagging a nun. So she says, um, okay. She says, but, you know, because of my oath to do, you know, I can't be, you know, vaginally fucked. So she says, um, is that all right with you? He says, you want me to take you up the He says, not a problem. He says, she says, you're not married, are you? Or anything like that, because I don't want to break, you know, I don't want to go tell that. He says, no, no, I'm single and all the rest of it. So anyway, she gives her a good Roger in, like, look the bum. Goes back, drives the bus back to the stop. Anyway, she get, she comes down the, the bus to get off at the stop, and he says, he says, sorry, I say, I've got to tell you this before you get off the bus. He says, I've got a confession to make. She says, what's that, my child? He says, I am married. He says, I should, I should have told you, I am married. She says, well, um, you know, my my, my oath to God. And he says, I'm really sorry. I should have told you. I, I hope you can forgive me. She says, yes. She says, actually, she says, I've got a confession to make to you. My name's Peter and I've just come from a fancy dress party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Anyway. Well, if that, if that cheers you up, people, then. Yeah, okay. <laughs> see you next week. Yeah, see you next week. Bye Don't forget for to subscribe and leave reviews. Yeah, please. Yeah, loads, loads, loads of reviews and please, yeah, please subscribe. Yeah, thanks for listening. Bye now. Well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back. Oh, <laughs> my